<gasps> Are you ready for this? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. I'm <laughs> I thought we were rolling like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just rolling now. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. I've yeah. been rolling for a half hour. <laughs> All right. Because this is the Madness of Movies podcast, uh, where we talk about madness through the lens of pop culture and pop culture through the lens of madness. And we find madness in the places where you least expect it. God, I love that opening shtick. <laughs> Me too. We've got it like down to a pe- like we've got like such a rhythm now. It's great. That is. Okay. It, it sounded very slick, very professional. Yes. Yes. We've been doing this for twenty. Four or five episodes now? Wow. I know. Well, well which one cool. is it? If, if, I'm, if this is episode 25, it's a special episode. Then That's true. Is it 25? No, I think 25 just went out today. Okay. Oh, you well. Might, you might be 26. <laughs> I just yeah. got demoted. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Before oh, we get started, ooh, we did want to let you know that this episode is not clinical advice or mental health um, medical advice. It is just commentary and... Um, perspectives on film and pop culture and cinematography, not anything clinical. It's not film advice either, so... (laughs) It's definitely film advice. We are telling you to make your movie as good as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was. Yes. Well, that's true. But if you're struggling with your script, maybe listen to a different podcast. (laughs) Fair, fair, fair. Dude, I I just gotta, like get all the gushing out at the top because this entire movie, like we're watching this entire movie again. Like we watched it when it was a you know, theatrical run and then watching it again to prepare for this episode. And just like every five minutes, like pause the movie and just go like, huh? Did you see that? Did you see that cut? Did you see how they got to that next scene? Did you see that scene transition? Pause again. Like, right, oh. isn't it? <laughs> just everything was just, oh my gosh, this movie is so good. I mean, I've described it to you as the perfect Spider-Man movie for a reason, you know? It like, really is. It really is. I remember when we both, when we were, when we weren't going to watch this movie, we were like, yeah, this, this sounds kind of like silly. This doesn't sound like, I mean, it's just another Marvel movie, whatever. And then you were no, like. No, no, no. You said that was you. You were like, <laughs> though, you were like, I don't know. Maybe it's okay. Jim keeps making us watch it. He keeps wanting us to watch it. So maybe there's something to that. Do you think we should go see it? And then we watched the trailer and we were like, this is awesome. <laughs> this looks fantastic. I have like, a weird problem where if people push things on me too hard, I like just rebel and I'm like, I'm never watching that movie. <laughs> yeah, you do that shit to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, you gotta check this out. You're like, ah, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll get around to it. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Like I like how it took a trailer. Like it didn't take me insisting for like weeks to go see it. That it, you know, it was just oh yeah, let's watch the trailer. Oh, ooh, that looks pretty good. Like, which is ironic because you know you are so not a trailer guy. No, like, you. No, what 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 it actually took was literally every other good movie leaving theaters, and oh, yeah. it was like, what are we gonna watch? I don't know. I guess there's that Spider-Man thing. <laughs> I like how that's what it takes. That's yep. what it takes to get you to see stuff. It's just like, well, all the competition's gone. Yes, this is what we're going to have to do now. <laughs> so I'm just going to steal yeah. a bunch of your movies and all of your subscription services just start sending you movies that you need to watch. Oh, my own personal Netflix. Yep. DVD.com, I guess it is now. Um, sure. It's yeah. going to cost you more money, though. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
depending on the movie, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I like so. I think that's interesting. Yeah, that that's what it took. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you saw it anyway. Mm-hmm. It was about time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. The, there's it deservedly won best animated feature that oh year at the gosh. Oscars. So. I usually don't love superhero movies, to be honest. I mean, they're they're fine. I don't like dislike them, but this kind of challenged I feel like was a direct challenge to everything that I usually don't like in superhero movies so that was pretty cool yeah I appreciated that oh yeah it's a very unique superhero film I mean yeah yeah I mean I think structurally conceptually it's like attacking everything that we think about superheroes mm-hmm. like oh well, yeah 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 from like the origin story to you know like oh the villains or the villains gotta have an origin story and then like yeah <laughs> and all this stuff yeah um, the the repeated origin story yeah yeah exactly and then yeah and challenging the notion of like well you know one 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 superhero's good enough or you know too many superheroes is bad you know it's it found a way to blend like like each character each spider person was their own character and that was Oh, that w- it was something that it could easily have gone wrong, but they did it so right. <laughs> oh, it was mind blowing. Like that was the biggest thing that I took away, like walking out of the theater the first time was I'm like, that was an ensemble movie that didn't feel like a big clumsy ensemble movie that just had six people with six arcs. Exactly right. Oh. <laughs> and they and they all made sense. Mm-hmm. Like they all had their little arcs and they all finished their little arcs in their own way. Like. Mm-hmm. No one stepped on the other. I mean, it, it made me very reminiscent of the first. The only other movie that I thought did that well was the first Avengers movie hmm. back in 2012. Hmm. Because because I walked out of that thing so impressed because I was so, I was mad skeptical. Like oh. I was like so hardcore skeptical that, that movie was going to fail. And then it totally didn't. And it actually worked. <laughs> and it worked well. And so like I like and. Since that movie, like Civil War, I was like, yeah, whatever, you know. Like my favorite part about Civil War was Spider Man mm-hmm. and Black Panther, and that was about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was just kind of super long and kind of cluttered. Yeah. And then <laughs> we're not here to talk about the Infinity War nope. films, <laughs> so I will I will save those tirades for later. But, yeah. <laughs> but we totally um, missed the chance to be topical on that, but I still want to do an end game episode at some point. Yes. Uh, oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. But, should we should we pause really quick? We didn't actually introduce you. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so you are James Aponte. Um should I be talking to you or to the audience? I guess I'm going to talk to the audience. Audience, like, this is James Aponte. I'm like, have you hosted a podcast before, Andy? <laughs> yeah. So this is, yeah, we're talking to James Aponte. He's uh, an old friend. Uh, he's a an award-winning... Very old at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he's an award-winning director uh, operating out of Cleveland, Ohio, um, and he is the biggest comic book nerd that I've ever met. And... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. This was like such a like a no duh. Like we have to call Jim for this episode. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, and uh, just uh, just pop culture oh. in general. I think nerd. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. Like at work, you know, like you have signatures for your email mm -hmm. that you can do. Mine is pop culture connoisseur. That's. Mm. Yeah. No, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so you've called the right man for this podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it comes to Spider-Man, like. Spider-Man was my fucking dude growing up. Like, oh, me too. He was like, I like you don't understand. Like, I wanted to be Spider-Man when I grew up. Like, I yeah. wanted to find a way to become him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, I think there's something really important here. That like, I think I don't know that a lot of people, a lot of superheroes can have can create that experience, right? Like, I don't know that a lot of people are like, I'm gonna grow up to be the Hulk someday. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I would really, love if somebody wanted to be the Hulk. Just saying. you did. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I think that's different. I think I think Spider-Man makes people feel less alone or like made me feel less alone. Okay, well, here's what I say to people like Spider-Man is indisputably the best, the greatest hero. And here's why. Like. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man is a human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, that is why he's the greatest hero. He sucks at shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> he fucking sucks at talking to girls. He sucks at paying rent. He can't really hold down a job, and you know, and yeah, and he's like shitty at riding a bike. You know, like all mm -hmm. of these things. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, for people like me and you, it was like, oh, that's me. Like. I'm Peter Parker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I've... and I can be spot, but I can be Spider-Man. Yeah. If I, yeah. if I choose to be so. And, and that's a big deal. And like, that's especially a huge thing to be for someone who's like in a minority group, part of yeah. a marginalized group is like, like Spider-Man is the ultimate hero if, for that reason alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think and that's why it's so cool. This is like the 2019 version of that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I mean, and we can get into that a little bit more later, but, like, for a long time, his, like, throughout Spider-Man's run, like, people from minority groups who uh, read Spider-Man always just pictured him looking like them underneath them. Like, him wearing a mask is so critical to his character mm -hmm. because it could be, an, it could have been anybody under the mask, right? Like As Mary Jane says. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see how we see how we tied that in there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, like for real. Like like especially like, you know, there's people who are just like, Yeah, man, I just pictured myself under the suit or you know. I just kinda forgot he was Peter Parker for a second. I just thought he was like me, you know, and and then when you got into the nineties late nineties and twenty first century, like you started seeing Spider Man that represented those groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think I, I... I think it's really interesting. I mean, you know, this is I mean, this is our whole shtick, our whole angle. But I want to even expand that to not, you know, Spider-Man represented the white guy, right? Like the white guy is just trying to get along and then it's expanded right, to like, right. you know, kind of like along racial lines and like now expand that out to like, you know, this is kind of, you know, there's an experience of madness that's like wrapped up in this. Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. I think when he becomes Spider-Man, you can kind of see him going a bit mad. Like this isn't a lot of the other superheroes. I feel like have this arc where they're just sort of applauded um, or they know what's happening. They're in control somewhat. They're like 
well into adulthood. Um, it's not as, like, scary, but he's legitimately terrified, and his whole perception of the world is radically changing, and you just sort of see this process of um, that's, like, kind of compared to coming of age, but it's also just this process of wondering, is it, you know, does everybody know? Like, do I look crazy? Are people following me? Um, what What's happening? And, like, not having anyone to talk to, feeling very alone, like, that very much is paradoxical parallel with the kind of process of going mad or maybe of coming out as mad, just different um, ways of thinking about occupying the space of madness within the world. Yeah, and especially that, and again, like there's so much intertwined and over overlapping with, uh, again, with like madness and, and but race, but everything that like being Spider-Man is like, a, it's a tiny, tiny marginalized group that like you can't necessarily like admit to being spider-man mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but, like, it's, it's it's dangerous right it's dangerous yeah. to admit you're spider-man yeah yeah and so going through this yeah all this this hell in your head and not having anyone to like bounce off of or like lean on or say like what is this normal what am i doing with my hands right now do my hands look okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I felt in some ways like there were scenes that were comparable to Edward Scissorhands. Oh, OK. OK. To pitch this. Um, well, I think especially just like his hands like sticking to everything mm. or whatever. Um, that felt very like Edward Scissorhands-y, like just this this clunky, like, what do I do with my body? My body is not my own. Mm. Like what is happening here? Um, everything I touch is being affected in some way. Um, yeah, which I, we talked a lot about, um, when we discussed Edward Scissorhands, that that is very much the experience of being disabled a lot of times of like, and trying to navigate an ableist world or a world that isn't built for you. It's like very difficult to know kind of like, where the boundaries of embodiment are, like what to do with one's like body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. I think. It's like, all right. I'm like, well, I'll you stop talking it. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I, I think the difference is Edward Scissorhands didn't have Gina Scissorhands. And then yeah, yeah. Steven Scissorhands. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. And, yeah, uh, and there wasn't, like, a culture around it either. Like, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, there's these Scissorhands-like people that are in comic books, and you, you can go have, read about them. Like, yeah, there aren't CDs and popsicles that you can yeah. reference back to. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I know what happens. You're one of the Scissorhands people. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a Spider-Man culture kind of thing going on. Oh, well, yeah, that's an interesting point, right? Like there's a sort of this cult about Spider-Man, both in real life and in the movie. And like, I think it was very fascinating that in the film, Peter Parker of Miles Morales's universe is a celebrity, right? Like he's, he's well known. He has his own comic book, like of his own life. And he's very, just very much sort of, um, kind of come on. He's a commodity of that world, right? Like he, he has merchandise like Stanley is selling his costume, right? <laughs> like, 
you know. Interestingly, not the same in Peter B. Parker's universe. Failed restaurant and all that. But that's kind of the that's kind of the interesting parallel, right? Is Peter B. Parker's from our universe, right? Mm -hmm. He's from because it's Coca Cola on the signs. It's everything that we know is in that universe. Oh no, I didn't catch that. Is that for real? Yeah, like his universe is Coca Cola, and then in Marvel's is Coca Soda. (laughs) Yeah, Coke Soda. (laughs) Yeah, Peter B. Parker is us. Oh, what? Peter B. Peter B. Parker is us navigating the cult of Spider-Man. Oh shit! Because he he goes to New York and he sees this idealized version of Peter Parker on the screen, right? And he's dead. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. And there's that great shot of him, like it shows uh, dead Peter Parker's face on the screen, and then it cuts to Peter Parker taking his mask off. Peter B. Yeah. Parker. Yeah. And he is beat up and he looks like shit and he's just like, oh, what the fuck's going on? Like, it's like, I was, I'm dead and I was perfect. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so that's us, right? Yeah. Like we're not na- like we're navigating this whole cult of superheroes. It's kind of part of this self, um, this sort of meta culture and self-awareness we have now where you're seeing these content creators who are some more self-aware making content. And I think that's sort of what's seeping into Spider-Verse as well. It's very much it's very much content creators being aware that they're content creators and like, okay, like what does that mean? How what does that mean for the future of you know, different types of media and different characters in media? Like you know, and that's that's why they yeah, that's very interesting that Peter B. Parker's from our universe. Because Miles and later in the film, like he mentions save it for Comic Con, right? And Miles doesn't know what Comic Con is. Like, oh, there's right. no Comic Con in this universe? There is no Comic Con in Miles Morales' universe, which is a, another significant detail, right? Like, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, but then Miles turns around, like, there's a quote. He says, "It's like, man, why do they get stuck with the janky broke hobo Spider-Man?" Mm. Like, <laughs> it's like, wait. So, if janky broke hobo Spider-Man is our universe, like. Our universe sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's why we need Spider-Man, right? Like That joke with the French fry, we're the soggy French fry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're the soggy French fry. Like, he's in the hamburger shop, right? It closed <laughs> six years ago. I don't know why, but it closed six years uh-huh. ago. Like, you know, it's very significant that there's no Comic-Con in Miles' universe because, you know, no one's come around to monetize it yet right huh. like like that shit doesn't really exist that's why it fails in peter parker's universe peter b parker right like he tries to monetize spider-man for what he like tries to make him a commodity and it fails but in the ideal spider-man world it works and that's why there isn't a comic con because you know does this make sense am i making sense <laughs> am i nope. rambling we no, can cut this out it doesn't work if if monetizing works then why is there no comic-con wouldn't comic-con be the ultimate commercialization like what am i missing i'm not connecting the dot here like because it's the ideal spider-man right like he's the he's the top dog like there's no he's not part of uh, of a line of comic books he is a real person in that universe right there's no there's no one else to have a comic-con around there would just be spider-con exactly yeah Ah. there's it's just Mm -hmm. spider-con Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Interesting. 
Yeah, so I, that was one of my favorite lines that, what was it? The hobo, the hobo Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Janky broke hobo Spider-Man. Because that kind of summed it up for me. Like, there's this perfect Spider-Man, the superhero narrative that we're all used to seeing. Yes. Someone who's like, got it together. And like this white, blonde man who's like, saving the world. Are you picturing and Captain America? Because I'm picturing Captain totally America. Totally Captain America, yeah. <laughs> but even like... Um, Tony Stark or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, I just feel like the standard like superhero. That's that's very Batman. Too. I mean, Batman's yeah, yeah. not the most like neurotypical, maybe, but he's still like it's it's just these men who are like strong and powerful and they don't make mistakes and, smart. and yeah and and like charismatic. Yeah, I mean, if they um, make a mistake, it's a character flaw that they learn from and then they and then they never <laughs> make that mistake again because they've learned and grown and now they're better men. Yeah. Um. And that's dead. Like, that's over. That that dies in the first act. And so then, yeah, what we have is the Jewish Spider-Man, who's also, like, a hobo. <laughs> and what, what was the exact quote? I just love this quote. Janky broke hobo Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> Janky broke hobo. <laughs> who's also Jewish. And then we have, like, a black, like, Latino Spider-Man. And then we have Spider-Woman. And then we have, like, a pig who's Spider-Man. <laughs> And some guy from the 1930s. Nicholas Cage. Yes. Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, an Asian Spider-Man. It's just the coolest thing. It's just, like... Spider-Girl. Spider-Robot-Girl. Spider right, yeah. Like, from the future. So it's just, like, that. that's over. Normal is over. The, like, standard superhero narrative of, like, the lovable white guy saving the world. Like, that's over. And now we're going to have all these characters that are not perfect and that are not necessarily normal or falling within what's considered normal. Um, but they're going to be centered now. And I think it's important to also just point out that, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe at large is also kind of trying to do this. But I think it's like it feels very different <laughs> yeah. to me, right? Like, they're like, yes, we have a woman and a okay. black guy <laughs> and... Oh man! And, and, and Benedict Cumberbananas, like, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, just <laughs> and like, okay. Like, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't because it doesn't feel like real people. It feels like ah, this is it's the, tokenism at its finest. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. We have we still have the perfect the perfect white guy who is charming and charismatic and powerful. Except uh, oops, he's black, but he's also <laughs> like it's I don't know. Like uh, like this know. is why. Like, uh, like, yeah, like, it's tokenism at its finest, like, uh, like, sorry, that just opened a whole thing for me. <laughs> okay, okay, don't go too far down the rabbit hole, but, like, what, what do we, okay, tell like, me what you're feeling. Like, like, to contrast this with Spider-Verse, like, okay, so. Yeah, because I think it's new, important. There's new, different types of Spider-People, and they all matter. They're all distinct, right? Yes. They are all, they all have agency and take up their own equal amount of space in the context of the film. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's jump to Avengers Endgame, shall we? Let's go straight there. Like, <laughs> all right, okay, I think I know well, where this is going. I can't wait. Let's talk about the worst arc in the MCU. Let's talk about Black Widow for a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> because it's the most bullshit thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Like for for ten years, Marvel's like, oh, she's the she's a strong female character, and they literally just drop her off a cliff. <laughs> like, Black Widow at no point, arguably, had like any 
she never had the same agency as like Tony Stark. Oh yeah. no, God no. Yeah, no. You know, like not not even close. And like, and then Captain Marvel is, I love Captain Marvel. She's a movie breaking character, and instead of letting her break the movie, they just shuffle or shuffle her off to planets, <laughs> and say, oh yeah, she'll come back in the third act. And yeah. then, you know, and then, okay, before I go too long. So, like, Miles Morales, Afro-Latino, tons of agency, right? Yeah. Black Panther, mm-hmm. made by black film, the film, made by black filmmakers, a black director, mm-hmm. Ryan Coogler. Super fucking awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, like, that that is an ab- aberration in the MCU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You look at Black Panther in Civil War, he is proud warrior race guy. Like, that's all that defines him, right? Yeah, he's the black guy who's not taking your shit. Yeah, he's he's the honorable <laughs> black guy who's a warrior from a warrior clan, and he does noble <laughs> things. And then and when he goes to Civil... When he goes to um, Endgame, he dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all that he's good for, right? He's good for this cheap sort of narrative trick. Yep. And same thing for all the... the all of the MCU's women characters are just very token in their presentation. Oh, and we're going to give Pepper Potts an Iron Man suit. <laughs> eventually, right? Like, like just as a, thro- as a throwaway, as a one, like, as a just, oh, look, did Pepper get in that shot? I didn't notice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see what she was wearing? Yeah, like, and, oh, man, the fucking Gamora thing. Like, yeah, it's a, th- it's a thread I won't pull out too much, but it's a good contrast to Spider-Verse where... Oh no, these are all characters that matter. And yes, yes. The writers of Spider-Verse understood that, you know, hey, women go to the movies and, you know, people of color go to the movies mm-hmm. too. Like mm-hmm. they need to see themselves represented on the screen. That's why Spider-Verse is a big deal. Like Yeah, it is. Because it it is so not the typical mainstream Hollywood movie in that sense where it's like, "Oh wow, there's all of these minorities on the screen." Or minorities in a position of power who are the main characters and they're figuring themselves out like mm-hmm. like especially the relationship between Miles and his dad right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it is so critical for young Latino and black men to see loving fathers yeah. on the screen right and to see them cry and break down and, to, and, and that it's okay to cry right mm-hmm. like that's a huge fucking deal and especially, yeah, especially because black, you know, black culture and Latino culture are very much um, steeped in these very uh, shit. Forgetting the word, masculine, macho. Yeah, hyper. Yes, hyper masculine. Thank you. <laughs> very much steeped in these hyper masculine ideals, and like you know, men, men, men must be men, and men don't cry, and it's it's so good to see that just thrown away in a movie that's won an Oscar for best animated feature, you know, like, and it's, Oh, yeah. and by the way, it's about Spider-Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, it, ha- it happens to be the, one of the, mo- the most popular Marvel characters. Well, like that's, that is one of the reasons why Spider-Verse is so important and why black, why black Panther is so important too. I'm going to piggyback black Panther in there just for a hot second. Cause it's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like this, but that's why, yeah, like that was another thing that when I watched it, it was super critical. Like, like it was so important to see Miles's father be vulnerable as yeah. well. 
you know, and to and to tell his son that he loves him, you know, like that's a big deal. Like that's so not a thing that's talked about <laughs> openly, right. you know, typically. Um, for the for those of you at home who don't know, I'm Puerto Rican. Um, <laughs> just so just call like, that out. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. In case you're wondering, I'm like I'm Puerto Rican. I have white skin. I'm like an inverse Miles Morales. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. That I knew you for, what, three or four years before I was like, wait, you're not white? <laughs> yeah. I, think, yeah, I remember that day. I was just like, oh, wait. I'm like, well, you never knew? I'm like, oh, I guess I didn't <laughs> tell him that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that says all it needs to say. Just like, Yeah, well, yeah, and I've been, I've been uh, educating him on it ever since. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And like I'm doing today. Yeah. So. But yeah, like that's one of the reasons why Spider-Verse was such a critical thing to have been made and exist right it's like whoa you know because yeah that definitely struck a chord for me because it's like you know i like i love my dad and i know my dad is loves me but he's not so not open like that you know like usually something's wrong (laughs) (laughs) if if he's that open about about how he feels right yeah uncle aaron has to die yeah yeah exactly yeah and so like that was sort of a parallel to just kind of like it was a parallel i saw myself in miles and, and his dad and i was just like oh wow you know yeah 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 no and i i think uh yeah just to to loop it around again to just i don't know madness like i don't i think that 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 similar feeling of like oh something has to be wrong i guess for people to talk to each other like like it is yeah. I don't know. That's just, I don't know, just isolation and people not wanting to talk about difficult things, I guess. Like, uh, I. Well, yeah, because there's a stigma around it, right? Like, there's the, the societal stigma of, like, oh, you have a mental health problem, you know? Yeah, you're whatever's, bro- whatever's going on you in your head, dude. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're broken. You have to be fixed, right? Like, and so, like, like that's why Spider Verse is a. Is comforting in that way too right because there's a community of spider people yeah yeah, yeah. they can all they can all talk to each other about like yeah it fucking sucks to be spider-man sometimes like mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah. you're having like just relax let just relax miles yeah like, yeah you know? exactly how to how to how to navigate it how to how to you know ride it out or like well this is what works for me and this it's it's a total like peer support model and it's great and again you don't have that in a lot of superhero movies usually by the time they find each other they already all know what they're doing yeah you know thor meets captain america who introduces him to iron man and they all are already fully formed and have their shit figured (laughs) out like no (laughs) (laughs) yeah well and it's critical that there still works in progress even as they fight right like like gwen stacy is still learning to open up to have friends again mm-hmm. even after they fight the the bad guys at the end you know peter parker peter b parker is still learning to have emotional intimacy before he goes back right or is yeah i, I don't i don't know if it's emotional intimacy so like I, I to me like his whole arc like it was just so perfectly captured in that one moment he's just at the when miles is like about to drop him off the train and he's like how do i know i'm not gonna fuck it up again Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that was just every I don't know. Like to me, that's his entire arc. Is he's just like, he's like, 
just afraid of fucking up, but also like doing the bare minimum to not make things worse, but also like not wanting to stick his neck out. Yeah, I mean, he's he's scared, right? Like yeah. he said, like he says at the beginning, she wanted kids, and I got scared. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. Like, but he's still dealing with that all the way through the movie. Like, even mm-hmm. after they have their team up, he's like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what do I say to her? You know, I could give you so much bread. I want, I want to give you the <laughs> bread that you need. I'm so sorry, I forgot the bread. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and like. And all that other stuff, and they don't they don't quite get into the other Spider people as deep. Like Spider Man Noir has his problems too. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, they're more kind of surface level for comedic relief. But they're still yeah. it's still tied through to his character. Like you know he's still trying to figure out what the fuck everything is. <laughs> you know, like what's a Rubik's cube? He doesn't know what it is. Like, you know, yeah. like yeah. this, this means something. Yeah, I'll I... figure it out. Yeah. I love Spider Pig. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> like, I feel like it's so cool that they were even like a little bit countering speciesism. Like it was a little bit tongue in cheek and it was a little bit, you know, humorous, definitely used for comic relief. But they were still like nodding to it. Like when she says something, one of the characters is like, he's a pig or something. <laughs> Spider Pig <laughs> is like, I'm right here. <laughs> I love that. And then, like, I don't know, people, I feel like the group has this attitude of, like, spider pig. Like, that's weird. How can he be, like, helpful? Like, why would he be valuable? And then he ends up, like, contributing a lot to their fight and playing yeah. his role. And it's it's just awesome in his, like, cartoony way. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. I love spider pig. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I... I... I think, I don't know, again, like, with to go back to, like, the death of normal, right? Like, I don't know, I feel like we should put, like, big, you know, capital letters on all that. The death, capital D and capital N, <laughs> yes. death of normal. That's your but, like thesis statement, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he's a pig or whatever. Like, he's doing wacky shit and nobody gets it, but he, you know, whatever. He ends up killing Scorpion and, yeah, uh, he, yeah, he yeah like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, normal doesn't matter, and whatever whatever he's doing, it's working for him, and so let him do it. Yes. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and, like, you know, death is normal. Like, the death of normal, and, like, you know, the original Spider-Man is dead, but it's okay. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The the new Spider-Man is going to be just, just fine, right? Like, Miles will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that he's not... He's not a replacement Spider-Man. He's just different, and that's cool too. Yeah, exactly. With his own pro- his own problems, his own strengths, and his own weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a critical thing to see. As well. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I know this is a total pipe dream, but like, <laughs> man, if that could like start a like cultural moment somehow. Like the I back, mean, I don't know. Like I think that's a thing that we need to see and hear and talk about more often. It's just that, yeah. Just the, just to keep repeating the same thing. Like it's weird, but it's cool. Like right. But if yeah, like if you, it's not what you're expecting, it's not web swinging recorded recorded a Christmas album. But like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like take the time to get to know it. Like. 
it's okay. Well, yeah. It, different is not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and people with different skin are not bad, you know? <laughs> like, oh, they're like us. Like, go figure, you know? He's got his own fucking problems. Like, you know, yeah. that's a more surface level kind of observation, but yeah. Yeah, no, and I, that, it is. Like, this is, like, surface level and, like, blindingly obvious, but also, like... I don't know, I think it's the kind of blindingly obvious that, like, no, no, really sit with it for a minute and, like, think about the implications of that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, like... Yeah, I mean... I don't know, people that, you know, hear voices, I guess, I don't know, like... Screw it, man, I don't know. Like, like if, you're, if they're killing someone, then okay, fine, then arrest them for killing <laughs> yeah. someone, but... Up until that point, like, I don't know if it works for him. Let him, you know, (laughs) I just want to put it out there, too, though. Like, sometimes there are valid reasons to kill people. (laughs) I'm not saying, like, go do it. I'm not trying to encourage anyone. I'm just saying we always, like, use that as the example of, like, well, but if if someone murders someone and, like, I don't know. I, I know this is like where we're really stretching the limit, but sometimes I'm just like, yeah, but like even people who murder, like, I don't know, like may, maybe in that situation, like, obviously I'm not saying like that's the solution or I'm like saying like that's a positive thing, but I feel like we can right. still extend empathy and be like, well, you know, like they're also human and um, I don't know. And I also feel yeah. like there are a lot of great TV shows and films that like do kind of show how like take the side of someone who has murdered i'm thinking specifically of the act right now Hmm. um where she murders her mom because her mom is like forcing her to i guess take meds that are causing her to be like extremely sick and in pain and so she murders Hmm. her mom out of self-defense you know that's like a more clear-cut example of where like yeah she probably didn't have much other choice but but yeah just things like that where i feel like sometimes yeah, every in general, I think everything is grayer than it seems. And we like to put certain categories on people and be like, well, they're super different. And like, well, that person's a murderer. And so, you know, like someone, you know, whatever it is that we're saying, whether it's like, well, it's OK to be depressed. But like if you hear voices, that's pretty weird. Or it's OK to hear voices. But like if you've killed someone like uh-uh, like I, I think it's always just there's always ways to be like, actually, we're all like much more similar than we think. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> yeah, it's really case by case basis, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and I, I did mean, appreciate that. I mean, you know, they did, you know, make Kingpin the villain, right? I mean, like, and I, I'm, I'm trying to say, like, specifically, like, they, they made him kind of an asshole. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. an unreasonable, whatever. But I did appreciate that even, even he like got, you know such a simple clear like sad motivation i guess mm-hmm. just like he just wants his family he just feels misunderstood and he wants a second chance at explaining himself to his family just yeah. like yeah. oh man sure. when the, yeah just in the train car in the <laughs> the train yeah. car when he's like about to kill miles and then like his wife like like phases in and he's like wait no no hey come back no no and just like the sadness in his eyes i'm like oh like my heart broke for him, and I think I think that's exactly what you're saying. Like that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. those human moments. Yeah, a, a villain you can empathize with. Yeah, it's yeah. 
it's a hallmark of good writing, right? Like, yeah, like we definitely want heroes we can empathize or even sympathize with sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The MCU, the MCU has terrible villain, <laughs> a villain problem up its ass. Like, yeah, like it really the only, does. The only good villain was Loki and that's cause it was Tom Hiddleston doing his thing, right? Like oh, Loki my- was, was his own character. But he's so good. Oh my! You, you, Thor Ragnarok, like he. Yeah. yeah he's he, great. He's awesome. He's yeah, not not only just awesome, but like sympathetic and like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you feel for Loki, especially in all the other Thor movies, because <laughs> he's in all the other Thor movies. Like you know, you definitely because he's that he's the shit on outcast brother, right? Like yeah, mm-hmm. like you can totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then everybody at Thanos is just like, I'm upset that people are using more resources. <laughs> I'm gonna snap my fingers now. Like, you know, he's a sociopath. Sociopaths aren't relatable typically. You know, <laughs> like in in the cosmic sense. Just like, well, Thanos is a sociopath. I don't what know. Else? I think that's more just about how the the writing of Thanos, like. I don't well, know, yeah. just because this is Game of Thrones <laughs> season, probably by the time this podcast comes out, it'll have already... Uh, uh, it'll all this, be over. This, it'll all be over. It's disappointing glory. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think from the perspective of someone in King's Landing, Cersei and Danny can both, you know, both just... Uh, I don't know. They're just sociopaths. So, you know, I don't know. She burned the whole city down. What's up with that? Or, oh, yeah, blew up the Sept of What Baylor. is up with that, though? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's, but that's, not, yeah. that's not the... That's not Danny's fault. That's the writer's fault. Yeah. You, you yes, see what I'm yes. saying? Like, there's a difference. Like, that, that's a good point. Yeah, because I mean, so you you can write a sociopath in a way where it's like, oh yeah, really, like a good example is American Psycho, the movie, not the book by Brady D. Easton Ellis. Because I let's not endorse Brady Easton Ellis in any way. <laughs> like, um, but American Psycho, like Christian Bale is Patrick Bateman, right? And like. Mm-hmm. There are definitely parts that of him that I identify with. Like, oh yeah, I'm nerdy about bands that I like. Like, has this whole Huey, you like Huey Lewis in the news? So, like that <laughs> whole thing. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. like, oh my god, Patrick Bateman's a fucking nerd. Like, like, and then you know, sorry, I got us off topic, but yeah, no. But the point is, like, yeah, there's a lot to identify with, and I don't know. And I think people do things for reasons. I don't know. I one of my probably favorite book ever is uh, "Speaker for the Dead" by Orson Scott Card, and I'm gonna totally mangle this quote. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, <laughs> the quote is uh, something along the lines of, "Once you know somebody, once you truly know someone and what they want and what they fear, you can never hate them. Mm-hmm. You can fear them, but you can't hate them." Totally. Oh, I love that song. Right? Yeah. Like, that's, I don't know, like, that's, like, such, that's, like, such a core part of my worldview, and I'm so thankful that I, like, crossed paths with it in high school. Um, Because that's the whole thing in in the, in in that book, right? He's, he's explaining, he's, he's learning and then explaining the, the life and death of, you know, he's a speaker for the dead. So this, the guy named Marco... Uh, dies and then he goes and he, he, you know, learns of his past and talks to people he interacted with and then explains, you know, this this guy was he was perceived as right like as a sociopath and he goes and explains the whole thing and explains his life to the people and it's like, no 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 no, 
you don't understand. You bullied him when you when he was a kid. And so he did this and then you reacted this way. And so he like retreated and he's just this shell, but he was always bitter about it and you never accepted him. And that's why he did the things that you did. But you just thought he was a sociopath and you didn't want to. But like nobody actually wanted to talk to him. And so you just said he was a sociopath and now he's dead and you did this to him. And like, whoa, I love that so much. (laughs) Like people do things for reasons, I guess, is what I'm trying to keep yeah. trying to tie things back to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the multiple identities mm-hmm. um, in this movie and kind of Miles's like journey through navigating all these different identities. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in that topic right now for reasons um mm-hmm. but yeah um i feel like he's just navigating a bunch of different identities obviously like being black and latino um you see him code switching he's like he goes to this elite kind of prep school boarding <coughs> school yeah um <laughs> where yeah he's like he basically his, his like black identity latino identity is erased and then He's back and um, he like boards five days a week and then um, goes home on the weekends, which is what I did in high school, actually. Um, And yeah, he um, kind of at home, he's like a different person almost or like occupies a different space. But then now he's like also Spider-Man and he's occupying that space. Um, But even that has like multiple layers of identity. Like there's the like student spider-man kind of identity where (laughs) he's he's just like trying to learn from the other spider people um spider animals spider i feel like we should have a more inclusive word that encompasses spiders yeah the other spiders yeah (laughs) they're 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 spider superheroes um he's trying to like learn from them but then he also has to kind of like save the world now and like transition from being a student spider-man to being like a legit full like Spider-Man in two days. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's just, important. Like the movie takes place over like two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. Very short time frame. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I really liked how that was portrayed. Um, and I felt like that was also very parallel with, yeah, with any minority identity. But I definitely resonated with it as a mad person. Like um just a lot of mad people have like their mad identity and how they interact when they're hanging around other mad people and then there's like the broader mental health community where it's you know maybe some people identify as mad and kind of have reclaimed that identity and others identify more like with a biomedical model of like um not reclaiming that identity they're a person with like a mental illness that they're trying to treat and that's very separate from who they are um and then there's like who you are in your professional life that you may or may not um include your mad identity in that and then there's other identities that you have that have like shaped your madness and who you are whether that's like a minority identity or just like your family life or whatever there's just like all these roles to navigate that are sometimes in direct conflict with each other. Um, and just, yeah, kind of, how do you do that? <laughs> well said. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I don't know if Andy, it, are you going to jump in Andy or no, no, take it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I can definitely 
speak to that experience watching Spider-Verse. Uh, was this what I was talking about? And you're like, remember that for later. <laughs> I think this is uh, what yes. we wanted to put a pin in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> as we were going, I'm like, man, what did you tell me to remember again? <laughs> just like... <laughs> Um, in our yeah, in our prep, I was just talking about like, man, what the fuck was I supposed to remember? Like, okay, so yeah, definitely, um, <laughs> definitely, as someone of a mixed race background, watching Miles Morales was super important, and it's super critical that he's on screen again. I'm just, I've said that probably fifty times already, but I'm like, it's super important that this movie exists, right? It <laughs> like, is though. It really is. It is, and like. It's so, it's very hard to explain, like, why, like, just, so yeah, uh, let's backtrack to the beginning, right? So, like, you guys didn't notice, but I completely picked up on the Puerto Rican flag that was on Miles's luggage, right? Yeah, I don't think they ever say anything, like, ah, back in the homeland, or back in anything, like, his mom speaks Spanish a couple times, and that's... It's the same with the Jewish Spider-Man, like, they... They show him breaking glass at his wedding, but well, nothing But else. I wouldn't have picked it up. Yeah, no, I picked that up. <laughs> yeah. Immediately I watched it. I was like, there's a Jewish Spider-Man. <laughs> and you were watching with me and you were like, what? Why? Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, for the record, the director apparently said, maybe he's Jewish. Maybe in this universe, breaking glass means something other than Jewish. And I was like, that is a cop out. That is so ridiculous. He's clearly Jewish. Okay, go on with with what you were saying sorry yeah that's fine i was like I'm like well maybe mary jane was jewish i don't know but like, <laughs> that is not the most jewish name in the entire universe so <laughs> i i don't know yeah i'm like I, i'm like for me i was like oh cool like yeah <laughs> i was like that too now whatever yeah <laughs> i'm like that's an that's to me that's like a weirdly odd thing to backtrack <laughs> if you're if you're the guy if you're the guy who put it in you're like oh well he's not he's not actually that jewish I'm like, yeah well, then like <laughs> why did you put a scene with him breaking glass like that's so ridiculous okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but anyway yeah <laughs> like okay all right all right um puerto rican stuff so like, if you had read the comics, like, yeah, you knew, Puerto like, Miles was Puerto Rican, and he was Afro-Latino as well. Mm -hmm. um, but if you didn't, and this is, like, your first taste of Miles Morales, like, that's an even bigger deal that you get that cult cultural signifier, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, oh, yeah. shit, this guy's Puerto Rican, like... Like, as, as a Latino, like, dude, it is so fun. You latch on hard to any, any sort of representation on screen. <laughs> like, it is just unbelievably scarce to see, like, your own kind of, your own stuff on the screen, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think we were doing a head count of the MCU. They've got... Oh, yeah, mean, was that many, part of my discussion that wasn't how many, recorded? How, <laughs> how many black guys did they have? One, one they had, uh, the Hawk, Falcon... Hawk Falcon, guy? yeah, the hawk. Yeah. <laughs> Falcon man, obviously Falcon, Black Panther. Black Panther. You got all. Well, all of Black Panther is its own thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Um. Outside of Black Panther peeps, you got Falcon, and War the, Machine. War Machine. That's his name. And. Uh, 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 yeah. Well, that, yeah. See. Yep. Look at that. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. But they make but they make a point of like featuring them and putting them out front and they're like, no no no, Falcon's gonna be 
He's Captain the next America Captain now. America now, which is which is actually cool because that is what happened in the comics. But that's beside the point. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Falcon but, was yeah, on the fucking make sidelines point of, like, for like calling out. Yeah, we we have black guys. We're we're diverse here. <laughs> yeah, let's give them a couple of trailer shots. Yeah, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but yeah, like contrast this to the MCU. Like, I can count on my fucking hand how many people are Latino in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's one, and it's Michael Pena, the Ant Man <laughs> movies. Like. Like that's just it. so bad. Well, actually, well, no, technically, technically, huh? technically, Mac Gargan is played by Michael Mando, who is Mexican, so he's another Latino. Who is this? Mac Gargan. He's Scorp. He plays the. Well, his character will become the Scorpion. He's from Spider-Man: Homecoming. Have you seen Spider-Man: Homecoming? If you haven't seen Spider-Man: Homecoming, seen you Homecoming. probably don't know who he is. I've seen Homecoming, and I still don't know. Okay, Matt Gargan. He's got the scorpion tattoo on his neck. He's on the ferry. He gets okay. hit with a car. Okay. All right. One of the and henchmen. Then, and then he's in prison at the end. Yeah. Uh-huh, Great uh-huh. Latino representation, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mexican in prison. Great. Yeah. Good job, MCU. We did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. So there's like two or three Latinos in the MCU, and they don't really fucking matter. But Spider Verse, mm-hmm. if a Latino. Protagonist, right? And he's critical to the story. It's about him, <laughs> so don't have a movie without him. Um, but like, yeah, as a person of the minority group, like it's it was so critical to see him code switching all the time, right? And he's because he's talking Spanish to his mom and a couple people on the street, and then he's saying hello to different people, and then he talks different to his teachers, you know, all that stuff. He's doing. Yeah, you talk you talk different to different types of people. Like yeah. Emily was saying earlier. I think you can see the code oh, switch over there. I said that, a name. Hold on. That, let's 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 give a pause okay. to edit that out. And oh, three, thank you. two. Like uh like like um she was saying earlier <laughs> with code switching, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, anyway, go back. Go back in, jump in there. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I was gonna say if, yeah, I think code switching like it's so important to see people of like ethnic and cultural minorities do it. I'm really hoping that movies, you know, that will increase and it will also start to show like people in disability groups code switching because that's absolutely a thing. And I, I think there are TV shows that show it with like deaf culture, for example. Um, I think like yeah. Switched at Birth totally shows it. Um, I think there's even, um, what is it called? Sweet Nothings in My Ear. Like there's a few deaf movies that really show like how different the language is that's used and the style of speaking is like with your family um, versus like the external world. But yeah, I, I would really love to see that with like other disability communities and like, especially the mad community, like how much code switching is a part of your life and how you're going to use like such different words to describe things and like styles of speaking. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like, I don't know, like, I think this is partially, I think this is probably just my own experience too, but like, I think that's why Spider-Man was always such a big deal to me is like, you know, he wears a mask, (laughs) right? Like the ultimate codes, the ultimate code switch guy gets to put on a mask and he's a different person. Like, and that's, that's kind of pretty much what, you know, people of color and minorities do every day when they go into white spaces, right? Like, all right, you got to put on your mask and, this role i mean the, the concept of mimicry right like, yeah like what now m- mimicry 
can you spell it? I don't know this word. Like mimic? Mimic. Yeah. Okay. Mimicry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I see what's <laughs> happening. But yeah, like that's something that goes on every day and like just to see just to even to see like oh just to have that acknowledged on the screen was a big deal. Yeah. And like and just the fact that like I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of running into like redundant things because yeah. I've just I keep saying the same shit. Yeah. Like, can I can I probe, probe you a little bit? You said like oh, it's such a big deal that he wears a mask. Yeah. That's basically everyone. Not. I mean, okay. Early superheroes, I guess. You know, your Superman, Aquaman. Oh, Superman. Don't. <laughs> don't. But I, I've, you know, I don't know. Iron Man obviously has a mask. Batman is a bigger one. Um, the X-Men usually have, I mean, depending on the specific X-Men, but a lot of them have masks and various things. Like, why? What, what's what's special about but Spider-Man But how many there? people know who the others are? Like, I think that's my question. Like, okay. Iron Man, you know who he is. He's, like, very public about it. The mask is just okay. for armor. Or Batman like, Bruce Wayne, then. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, See, I mean, yeah. people can figure out if you squint hard enough. It's like, oh, that's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> like in the comics, like Bane figures it out almost immediately. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, like his mask is cool and all, but you can you can figure it out. Like also, he's a billionaire. <laughs> like, um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like if we're talking still on screen though like the x-men don't wear fucking masks on screen like okay on screen fair hmm. on screen they don't wear masks even in the comics now lately they don't wear masks like their outfit era kind of ended the fantastic four don't wear masks hmm. um you know i'm trying to think here we've moved to a post-mask society well and that was my bigger beef with the spider-man movies in general all of them is that his identity is revealed way too quickly and way too easily you know everybody knows who spider-man is by the end of the fucking movie like um but it's more important here that you know they're taking their masks off all the time and stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is fine um but yeah like i don't know like spider-man like because his mask was so critical to his identity right like like yeah he puts it on to protect himself, but he needs that mask to survive. Like, if, otherwise, if people know who he is, they're gonna kill him. Like, in like, other yeah, words, the, in like, other yeah, words you, the stakes are higher than for Batman. Yeah, like, like if you figure out who one of the X Men are, they still have a fucking mutant power to kill you, with, like, you know, or whatever. Like, and they've got nothing else to lose. They don't have an Aunt May. Exactly. Yeah, they have. They're the X Men. Like, they're all. Oh, they have each other, and that's a whole. That's great, but they're, yeah, they're ostracized mm-hmm. by their families already. They're mutants. Like, they've already kind of publicly have been found out, right? Yeah, the only people that they're protecting are each other. And so, like, if Wolverine gets found out, like, Magneto can still, you know, that doesn't give you, that doesn't give you an edge on Magneto. Like, oh, his name is Eric. Cool. He's still going to murder you. <laughs> yeah, like, ooh, I know who Magneto really is. Well, yeah, cool. <laughs> You're going to be dead soon anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like, that's why, like, yeah, that's why Spider-Man having the mask is a bigger deal, right? And I guess the only one it would be comparable to is Superman and Clark Kent. Uh, Clark Kent. Oh, I forgot about the glasses. Like, I don't even think of that as a costume, but. But for some reason, no one, like, recognizes. I know. (laughs) It's really weird. It's, 
Oh man, I like how Superman snuck his ass into this conversation. Like he just totally. <laughs> well, like, actually. Yeah. Well, fuck actually, Superman. Well, yeah, Sam. Yes. <laughs> uh Yeah. No. Point taken. Uh, but yeah, like, uh sorry, you got me thinking about Superman. <laughs> just like great. <laughs> Deep breath, uh, focus. <laughs> right. Well, Bring it back well, around. Just a brief aside. The whole fucking thing about Superman is he's born as Superman. That's why he's not interesting, right? Like, yeah, that's the, he, that's the constant problem with Superman. Yeah. yeah, he he just is Superman. He's not. He's his costume is Clark Kent. Ooh, <laughs> like, a newspaper reporter. Ooh, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. No, you're still a fucking demigod. Like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> not interesting. Um. Yeah. So, so I was talking about Spider Man, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, and the concept of masks. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I like how each mask is ref- like indicative of the world they have to survive in as well, right? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. important. Like Miles is his final suit. Like throughout the film, his mask is just an imitation, right? Like he's not doing he's well. He's he's still exposed. Yeah, he doesn't know how he doesn't fit in. But like at the end of the movie, his mask totally suits him, right? He blends mm-hmm. in. He hide. He can hide in it, and it's more suited to where he's gonna roam, like the back alleys of Brooklyn and all that stuff. Yeah, he's and got then, a, he's got a fully formed uh, alternate identity now. Like it's not just a thing that he's trying to figure out what he's doing. It's 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 an entire like I don't know like that is it's the final like like bifurcation i guess of the two halves of him he's miles but also now he's really seriously committing to also being spider-man exactly yeah now he's one and the same no now no the opposite now he's two well yeah (laughs) he's he's, not waffling he's not on the fence he's not trying to right but he's fully committed to being spider-man yeah like he's fully committed to being both yes in that sense like they're kind of this unified identity in that way like like, okay, yeah, he's Miles Morales and he's Spider-Man, and this is the the suit is the core representation of those two identities in symbiosis, right? Hmm. Like, neither one is overpowering the other. They have perfectly complemented each other. Yeah, that's interesting. I kind of think that's, um, that's like, the case that I've seen definitely with myself um, and others in the community. Just that, like, sometimes no acknowledging that there are two separate identities here and they're in conflict, but, like or they're, they're vastly different or whatever. Um, but that they're both there and they're both allowed to exist. Like that can calm, almost like create a more unified version of the self or admitting to the separation means it's easier to put them yeah, back together. I think so. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. In a lot of ways, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And those two, and those two things can form a new or brand new identity as well. Like, the Venom, it's the Venom yeah, kind of principle, yeah. right? Circling back to Venom. <laughs> yeah. <I mean. laughs> well, and it's sort of, yeah, now I'm thinking about lots of different, like, family therapy philosophies, too. And, like, um, there's this one therapy modality called internal family systems. And that kind of takes that approach, actually, that you, like, I mean, I don't know that much about it. So, um, but. But we're going to pretend you do. Yeah, my understanding <laughs> yeah. is that you, like, separate out different parts of your mind and you kind of, like, you treat yourself like a little family, like different parts of you want different things. And you like acknowledge that. And in acknowledging that you sort of like are able to feel more unified and coherent. Um, and I'm thinking that too, with like, just like 
family therapy and couples therapy, it's a lot about, like, making sure each individual, like, is their own unique person. And, like, only through doing that can they really be, like, a unified whole. So, yeah, I find that really interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, and no, I think that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah, he's like fully flushing out Spider-Man and he's fully flushing out. As a way out. of actualizing Miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yes. vice versa, I think. Being the best Miles also means being the best Spider-Man. And um, yeah, totally. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Minority, minor, all that, all that good minority stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all about that. So. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Was there another point, talking point you wanted me to remember? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're kind of through the, I'm, I, that's pretty much hit all the items on my list. Yeah. I think mine too. Do we want to do like a speed round of just miscellaneous leftover thoughts? Sure. Well, that's yeah. I'm like, I have a whole like list of stuff. Oh, no. Oh, I'm Spider-Man. sorry. I should have. No, no. no I'm like, it's not pertinent to any like kind of like big theme of the podcast. So I don't want to like I have a lot of tangents is what I'm saying. Great. And that's exactly what the speed round is for. Yeah. Cause I have got shit. Awesome. OK. <laughs> So it's not really a speed round so much as a leftovers round. <laughs> like, yeah, leftovers, yeah. but at a, at, a, at a medium pace, right? Yeah. Like, not going all the way down the rabbit hole, but just like, whoa. Dipping our toe in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dipping a toe in, flagging the thing, and then walking away. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Ideally. Right. Yeah, ideally, right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am on this podcast, so it could be four yeah. hours, who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, who wants to start? Uh, I'll let you start. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I, I just, I want to call out, this is kind of well-tread ground, but I think it's important and relevant to, to point out is this is kind of, we were hitting on this earlier. Marvel, ex- Marvel movies, especially this movie, it's, it's explicitly in our universe. DC riots and, you know, Superman lives in Metropolis or, you know, or Gotham or whatever, faraway places. This is in New York. Mm-hmm. This is us. This is happening in real life. And I think that makes, you know, this the sort of the theme that like it could be anyone behind the mask. It could be you. Right. Like it, it really like just underlies that and really. I don't know, underscores it, I guess that this is in New York. This could, you know, it's supposed to feel like tomorrow you could be walking down the street and turn your head and go oh shit (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean it's it's part of that larger thing like spider-man's for everyone yeah Mm -hmm. like spider-man is everyone that they're yes (laughs) yeah he's for everyone he is everyone and anyone can be a spider-man of their own life yeah and that's a big deal thing to hear i'm like if you do a word count i'm probably saying big deal like 30 times at this point but (laughs) But it is a big deal, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, totally. Like, it's a big deal to get that theme across, especially to young children of minority backgrounds as well. Like, no, really, no, really, you can do, you can be a Spider-Man. Like, it's okay. It's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And yeah. Uh, yeah. And, well, yeah, there was that whole Alchemax rant I had earlier, but that wasn't recorded. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it was very off the cuff, and I'm like, I don't know. But that's not really lightning round worthy, I think, at this <laughs> point. Just, uh, but for all my 2099 homies listening in, like, how about them Alchemax references? Yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, but I guess I could talk about sort of the interesting contrast of uh, Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099, and Miles Morales yeah. in, in this film and kind of in general. Like, yeah. Hey with it. So, like, Miles Morales, he's, yeah, Puerto Rican, Afro-Latino, prominent character in the movie, right? Uh, Miguel O'Hara is, he's a white, white-skinned Latino from Nueva York in the far future. <laughs> Fun. Um, he's, he's barely in the movie, right? Like, I thought that was is an interesting... Is he in the movie at all? He's in the post-cred. I keep oh, telling you to watch the post-cred. He's in one of the best post-credit scenes ever made. <laughs> okay, right. I think like, I've now forgotten that there's a post-cred twice. Oh, it's amazing. We'll, like, we'll double back. <laughs> yeah. But he is, he's played by Oscar Isaac, hmm. which I thought was interesting as well. But I thought it was an interesting, I don't know, like this, there's kind of like no big picture point that I thought of. I just thought it was an interesting kind of dichotomy of like, these two Latino rep- characters represented and how they were represented differently. Like Miles is very front and center. Um, you know, he's a, you know, he's a kid mm-hmm. and, you know, he's dealing with his own problems. Whereas Miguel O'Hara is contrasted as like, he's from the future. He's super fucking smart and he's got his shit together. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, like it, it's totally a stretch, but like, like, I don't know, man, maybe that like, it is sort of interesting, like, all of these sort of, especially from the 90s, like, these speculative, like, cyberpunk stories had a lot of, like, oh, Latinos are going to take over everything <laughs> kind of vibe to them. Just just kind of in the background, just like, oh, in the future, I don't know, everything sounds Hispanic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, I don't know, like, I think it's kind of, I thought it was kind of cool that, like, like, that is still, like, a possibility in the Spider-Verse, right? It's like, hmm. oh, yeah, like. Miguel O'Hara can hang around. He can party with Miles. Like, they can be, like, in talk shop or whatever. You know, like, it was, I don't know, it was cool to see more than one Latino Spider-Man for me. Like, I was just like, all right, cool. Like, Mm -hmm. like, feeling good. (laughs) Like, we got both of them. (laughs) For once, there's more than, uh, there's, you know, there's more than two, more than just the one. And that was really cool to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, well, yeah, whole thing I go on about twenty ninety nine because that shit gets crazy. But okay, all right. <laughs> like it, it gets Someday. it gets it's get crazy. It gets crazy if you got time, listeners. Check it out. It's a very in depth and rich right. world and on its own. But, With any yeah. luck, Lord and Miller will make a twenty ninety nine movie, and then we'll all just watch that. Yes. Oh man, <laughs> there's a lot that can go wrong there. Though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was cool to see that. And yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Doc Ock. I really liked Lady Doc Ock yes. a lot. Yeah. Because she is actually like late, like Dr. Octopus as a woman was like originally made for Spider-Man's Shattered Dimensions, which is a video game. <laughs> and she was from 2099 Universe. So look at that. We're tying back in already. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and so 
as someone who had played the game and who's like all up on Spider-Man stuff, that was such a rewarding moment for me to see Doc Ock as a woman. I was like, oh shit. He's like, oh no, my enemies call me Doc Ock. Yeah. <laughs> my friends and call I, me Liv, actually. <laughs> yeah, my friends call me Liv. My enemies call me Doc Ock. Like, yeah, like, that was kind of one of my points. Um, I kind of wondered, she like played this like stereotypical like mad woman or what would you call her like stupid like ditzy maybe woman ditzy when, when she was like trying <laughs> to kind of quirky in, like the quirky scientist lady yeah, yeah but she was like as if she like didn't know anything or oh, oh wow. what happened wow this is so fascinating oh huh, look at i these just cells. really have no idea like and in the documentary clip that they show in miles's class like yeah. and that's alternate dimensions whoa that's so weird yeah so i was <laughs> yeah. like interested in that and like her use of the perception of like mm. feminine like Science, female scientist or whatever, like femininity. That's um, her. That's her to, mask. Yeah, that's yeah, her that's mask. But exactly. like her use of that to like as like a weapon to like kind of trap. Um, Peter yeah. B. Parker. Yes. <laughs> trap the spider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, there was. I mean, just in, not to hijack this lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> but. But like, just all the tons of like little shit that's like easter eggs for people who have like read spider-man the whole life like it was just super rewarding to see all that stuff get put in like the yeah. little winks and the little nods to everything mm-hmm. yeah like, like especially like the the more off main, the not as mainstream comics like spider-man noir like he got some pretty good shout outs to his story and like like yeah he fights nazis like that's really fucking cool <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because that's what he does in the comics. Like, he's a detective who fights Nazis and, like, all this other shit. And, like, Spider-Gwen, with her backstory, like, that was... There was a nice little nod to, like, Spider-Gwen number one, where, like, Peter Parker is the lizard. Like, he gets turned into the lizard and she kills him. And then Peter Parker's dead, like... Yeah. Hmm. That's a yeah. wild, yeah, wild universe. And so, like, yeah, I liked all the little just references to each universe, and and they do that too with Spider-Man '99. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like at the like, he totally has the like he has his holographic companion from the comics, and they're talking about goobers, like, because like because the joke of the post-credit scene. I'm just gonna spoil it for you because you haven't <laughs> fucking seen it. <laughs> so the joke is like his his companion is. Going like, hey, Miguel, Miguel, like, where you been? He's like, what is it? I've only been gone for two hours. Wink, wink. That's the runtime of the runtime of the movie, you know. It's like, what? I've only been gone for two hours. Did the universe destroy itself yet? She's like, no, nah, no, nah, they figured it out. They, they're they're on track now. And he's like, oh, good. And she's like, here, I finished your little goober. He's like, ooh, oh. he calls it like a something else, like a gaz a gaz gizmo. He calls it a gizmo. And she's like, you mean a goober? And he's like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> And then she's like, what are you going to do with it? And he puts it on his wrist because he can, it gives him dimension hopping abilities. And he's like, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning, you know? And he goes all the way back to the 1960s Spider-Man cartoon show, which was oh. fucking amazing. <laughs> 
and then he comes and he's in the he's drawn in the art style of the cartoon and he comes out of a wormhole and he points at the other Spider-Man and they recreate the pointing Spider-Man meme and it's fucking amazing like oh wow that, that was my all time that's one of my favorite fan service moments ever like he just looks like hey Actual fan service. Yeah, and he just goes, hey, you're that Spider-Man. What are you talking about? I'm the, you're not the Spider-Man. I'm Spider-Man. We're both Spider-Man. And they're just pointing at each other the whole time. Like, huh. uh, it's, it's, it's fucking great. You need to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one moment, yeah, like part of the Easter egg callbacks. I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> but I can let Andy yeah. talk now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I... This is one of my big points that I kept trying to like fit into one of them, one of the larger arcs, and I just didn't. Aunt May <laughs> is a badass in this movie, and I she like is. her, and I like her so much more than the MCU, uh, you know, Spider Man Homecoming Aunt May. Like I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Aunt May here is like that uh, that moment on the doorstep when they're. She's like, I thought you'd never ask or whatever. And she kind of like makes this like devilish squint and then like leads him down to the secret lair. And like she was going to like whack him with a baseball bat when she met him at the door. And just, <laughs> yeah, just, ah, oh, man, she she's so much cooler here than just like the Aunt May who's like hot and divorced or I guess did Uncle Ben die in the MCU? I don't know. Uh, yeah, my understanding is Uncle Ben still died. Yeah. Like, OK. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, like that hot, is the, hot and that, single and bland and helps helps uh, Peter pick out his outfit for the prom. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, that was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, this is the more idealized version of Aunt May. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's she's the, still old and sweet, but she can take care of herself. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's I don't know. It depends on, I guess, who's idealizing. But I, I. I there's something sex in the city ish about uh, homecoming Aunt May. Yeah, <laughs> I think I don't, you know, but oh the, my god, I've never heard it described like that. But that's great. <laughs> yeah, basically though, yeah. But yeah, but she's. I don't know. Like I think that's a kind a a kind of idealized right again. Just well, hot, no, that's a- hot but single but funny flirty. Yeah. I think that's a more sexualized version of Aunt May. Yeah. Than, yeah. And idealized. Like, like, cause Aunt May is the ultimate mother figure, right? Like she raises Peter Parker on her own, like with Ben Parker. Mm-hmm. And then Ben Parker dies. And like, she has to still be a mother to him mm-hmm. and talk through it. This is, that's one of the, that's one of the best scenes in Spider-Man too. Right. Mm-hmm. With Sam Raimi, where he tells Aunt May what he fucking did. Like, he's like, Oh, I let him go. Like, yeah, and she forg- oh. and she forgives him. Like, you know. Oh man, like yeah. that. That's why Aunt May rocks. Like, that's what makes her amazing. And like, and then to add this extra little twist of like, oh, and she has a baseball bat too, and she can hold her own. Like, because <laughs> mm-hmm. she because she's still that. She's still the sweet, caring Aunt May. Like, she yes. goes up to Peter B. Parker, and she's like, oh, Peter, you look so tired. Like, yeah, you know, she's she's that. But up a notch, like she's fucking mama bear, and like that's to me, like yeah, that's the idealized Aunt May. It's, it's like not not this weirdly sexed yeah. up, like oh, like hot mom <laughs> Aunt May. I'm just like okay, yeah. yeah, and I think that fits into kind of, I don't know, kind of the the theme earlier of just like 
everybody's just kind of weird and different and but that's cool and that totally works for her and like shit man get out of her way mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly and like yeah i liked i really yeah i really liked aunt may in this movie and um scorpions again as great as miles was like scorpions latino and there's just problems <laughs> like like th- this is a classic latino problem to pair of it. my sister put this mm-hmm. the best way. She's like, "Well, our representation has two things: we're either co- we're either criminals or cops. <laughs> like, you know, we're either doing something good or something really bad. And usually, movies have it both ways, right? There can't just be the Latino hero. There's also oh, there's the criminal. <laughs> like, there yeah. he is. Yeah, similar. We've talked about um, the Madonna horror dichotomy on this podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, that's that's a more negative, that's a more critical thing of Spider-Verse. And just like, why did Scorpion have to be fucking, like, Mexican? <laughs> I'm like, that That was the one weird thing about it for me. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. I'm like, I think it would have been fine as just a guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but the the prowler was fucking awesome. That was he was excellent. Um, Miles's uncle. Yeah, um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, um, but but if you were like me and have read the comics, you kind of saw that twist coming. But you know, <laughs> like, but it was yeah. still great. It was it was well done. Um, I love I love his roommates. I love that minor character who yeah he just, he just passes out like. I was just like, oh, yeah, that guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, lightning, lightning, lightning. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to go back to this, like, <laughs> I saw an, an individualism versus collectivism theme, and it felt like, yeah, the, the whole beginning of the movie was set up. It really, I thought it did this great job of, like, I am the one and only Spider-Man. I saved the city, and, like... I the I think he has this quote: "The only thing standing between the world and oblivion is me." Yeah, it's just yes. like he's me, the one and the only. <laughs> yeah, um, and you're like, uh huh, okay, yep, and then he's dead within like Boom. the next fifteen minutes, and you're like, okay, and it, it just sets it up so well for like that story is also dead. Like we're done with this one and only yeah. thing, and. We are on to like team team collaboration, like multiple spider yeah. superheroes, etc. And that was so, I don't know. Yeah, just everything in this movie is so well done. But that yes. was so well set up. So well set up. Yeah, I'd agree. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess this is the last big point that I wanted to hit, or not. You know, big, obviously, or would have done it in the big section, but <laughs> <laughs> the last major, like, lightning point is, uh, yeah, I, just, I didn't feel like this was fleshed out enough that I wanted, you know, to, to, like, run with it or make too big a thing out of it, but I think you can look at his, like, invisibility as, like, a weird, uh, his, his ability to turn invisible, mm-hmm. at least in the first half of the movie before he has it under control, or maybe even after, as as a disability, um, that like when he's scared or you or he feels useless or he feels like people are looking down on him or whatever, he just kind of like melts into the background mm-hmm. um, and just like stops existing. Um, 
But then, I don't know. Like, I had running in the back of my head again because this is, like, Game of Thrones time of year. Like, <laughs> and looping in the back of my head, like, Tyrion's whole speech, like, wear it like armor and no one can ever use it against you. Mm. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that's what he ultimately does. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And you, can, you can also see it as, like, a form of dissociation, too. Like, like, mm-hmm. oh man, shit's getting rough. I'm just gonna dissociate from this situation. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm gonna turn invisible, you know? Yeah, we're just gonna... Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's more... Maybe that's closer yeah, to what like the author's that. intended. Yeah, is, like, he, gonna, he, goes, he goes into his own head. Yeah, exactly. He goes exactly. into his own head. He doesn't want to engage with it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's... A, it's the safety... It's a safety thing, right? Yeah, like... Mm-hmm. He does it to get under control and... And not get hurt. But... Yeah, eventually he has to he has to come out of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> got you got anything else? Oh well I have a lot I you guys looked pressed for time, so <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's just lots of like offhand like, oh yeah, let's talk about that or oh yeah, but like uh, it's the whole thing. So. Give me, yeah, give me, give me a couple. Give me a couple, oh, like, God, like the couple. abbreviated. Abbreviated? Um, abbreviated lightning. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. I know you, man. We could go for hours. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, shit. Uh, I like that all the costumes pointed out to different pieces of spider-man lore that's not hmm. really a huge point but huh yeah they're all like in the vault those are all very big pieces of spider-man lore and mythology oh, the vault. And, mm-hmm. yeah and his oh. little his little fortress or whatever like yeah 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 Yeah. like if you look in like in one corner is the spider-man suit from the ps4 spider-man game like that's a nice little easter egg but they go deeper <laughs> than that like like wow. their suit, like their suits from all of different kinds of comics and TV shows. Like, like the one with the cape. Mm-hmm. Like that's from an arc where he decided to just be a professional wrestler for the rest of his life. Like, oh shit! <laughs> like he just is like, no, I'm not gonna save people. I'm gonna be a professional wrestler because I can kick everybody's ass. Like that's what that suit's from. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like there's all kinds of little stuff um or i liked the other little easter eggs too like in miles's universe there's a Shaun of the dead sequel poster no <laughs> that's yeah, really it's, funny it's called from dusk till sean and it's <laughs> it's totally that's awesome it's in times square look for it next time it's that's great in the dorm yeah. where am i looking it it's it's a giant billboard in times square okay. um it's when peter b parker shows up Okay, all right. I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> Do you have any that specifically pertain to madness? I'm always still struck and kind of going back to, like, when he hears all the voices, right? Oh, at the at the beginning? When he's bit by the spider and, and he hears all the voices and people in his head and, like, like his, like, why are my thoughts so loud? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. Yes. And, like, yeah. I don't, like... Like, that's just totally something. I'm like, yeah, I've been there, Miles. <laughs> like, you know, like, 
Like it's a little it's a little thing, but I think it's kind of a big thing where it just shows the show people who are like yeah, like people have conver- like having a conversation with yourself's okay. Like you know it's it's something you've gotta do, you know, like and sometimes yeah, you feel like you're going crazy because you're all this shit's happening in your life or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. There's other people who've gone through it too. I mean, we've already hit on that point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I keep yeah. kind of, I just keep kind of coming back to that moment. I'm just like, oh, wow, yeah, like, because for people, like, with madness, that's what it feels like every day, right? Like, or it can feel like that. And it's just like, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. You know, like, like, it's good that there's a cultural land, like, there's a pop culture landmark they can kind of, people with madness can kind of anchor to, right? Like, like oh, like, this is how I, like, it can help them. It can help them communicate in their lives to people. Like, oh, this is how I feel every day. Like, yeah, I think that's the entire. You just like summarize the entire point of this podcast. Yes, is totally. to have something else to point back to and say, like, no, no. It's like in Spider Verse. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's and that's those are the things that like. That's the moments I live for, are those like shared yeah. moments of understanding. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm. I've been searching for those pretty much my whole life. Like it's like, cause I, I mean, I still disconnect with, with you where I'm just like, man, you get that. And you're like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's like this one movie. And you're like, Nope, no, nope, don't get that. I'm like, damn it. We're so close. We'll get there. But like, <laughs> but like, yeah, like that's, I think that's the bigger picture is like, that's why, you know, movies in general are so powerful. And like, yeah, that's where. Yeah, the, that's why stuff like this matters. Yeah, and so because it, can, I, it helps people understand each other more clear way, and like that's why there needs to be more stories from people with from minority filmmakers and and people of color and you know people from marginalized groups as well, and and you know that's why representation matters, right? We hear it again yeah. and again, but it's it's true. Yeah. No, if if I can attempt to put a big bow on all of this, just that as a kid, Spider-Man made me feel less alone for exactly all the reasons that you just said, right? Like, it's it's something you can point to, it's something you can reference, it's something you can say, like, someone in the world understands how I feel yes. well enough that they can capture it and make it into art. Mm-hmm. Somebody else feels the same things I feel. Yes. And... I just think it's, yeah, just incredible that that same concept, right, of Spider-Man can be adapted and updated and grown to include so many more people than it are, than, than just me, you know, straight white guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's cross-cultural as well. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Spider-Man's wildly popular all over the world like in japan they they got their own spider-man series for them and it's manga spider-man like that's what the character is known as um in the in the spider-man universe oh it's manga spider-man but like he had his own manga and like like yeah like it just goes to show just how powerful his his themes and his stories really are and like power of art in general and yeah. um like yeah like i told you guys i think when when i was trying to get you guys to go see it 
um, we were having dinner and like I always said like you know Spider-Man always had this uncanny ability to at any point in my life it always told me exactly the things I needed to hear hmm. and this movie was you know into the Spider-Verse was no different. You know, I was... I was at a uh, crossroads, pretty much, of my young adult life. And I'm like, man, you know, I don't know if I gotta move. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I just made a feature, and I'm like, it's it's kind of stalling out on this festival circuit. I don't know where to go. And just, I was in the theater, and, and Miles Morales goes to Peter Parker, and he says, you know, how will I know when I'm ready it's just a leap of faith. Yeah, and, and Peter says, you don't. Yeah, it's just a leap of faith. And so, like, I think that will always be the power of Spider-Man in, in general. is just Spider-Man will always have the right message for the right people to hear whenever they needed to hear it. So that's why Spider-Man's so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so. All right. I think I, yeah, I think I put the bow on instead, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stole my bow. Yeah, I stole your pretty bow. I made it my own. Yes. Uh. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, it was. Yeah. It was awesome. I was glad to do it. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to point people to? Um, any. You know, follow me on Twitter, I guess, would be the <laughs> default answer. I don't know if you do Twitter. Follow like, me on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a do you, do you want to point people to a YouTube channel? Do you like like where do people find you if they're if they like you? Well, I guess you could look at my works for starters, like my short films. That'd be kind of rad. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just go to Vimeo dot com slash James Aponte. One word. So. And we'll ha we'll have that link in the description. Yeah, I'm like you'll have that, and you'll have the spelling in the description too. Yes. People That's probably the important part. Yeah, people just can't spell a ponte. I, they they trip up over it for whatever reason. So, but yeah, cool. that'd be cool. Yeah, watch my movies. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm we're, we I'm currently we're working on trying to get my feature uh, some distribution here. So. When that goes, if that happens, I'll be sure to let you guys know, and you can point people to that as well. Be like, check it out on this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and we are we are on Facebook as the Madness and Movies podcast. Um, we're also on Patreon. Mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to uh, get uh, da, 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 what's the word? What's the word? Transcription. Trying to get transcription for this. Yes. Uh, if you support us, throw a couple bucks in the pot. That would go a long way towards helping other people uh, access this show currently, you know, just because of the, the audio format mm -hmm. um, cannot. Uh, so that would be a the super big help to us. And I'm sure all the other fans would love you tremendously. Um, do we have other things that we usually plug or? Um, I don't think so. Just uh, be sure to comment yes. with your own opinions about the movie and. Give us suggestions for movies that you want us to do. Yeah. Um, if you want to come on and be a guest, we would definitely love to discuss that with you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even more than all of that, again, like, and this is like the perfect movie to just like hammer this point home, like share this with someone. Mm -hmm. Use this, like open a conversation with this movie, with this podcast, like share this with someone 
talk to someone, tie them down and make them listen to it. (laughs) 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 Why have we started to talk about like forcing people in the the last like like, two podcasts where like force people to listen? Oh, no, that's always been a theme. You just weren't paying attention. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tie them down with their consent, I think, should be yeah. <laughs> an addendum to that. Uh, consent, like, yep, yep. If, yep. They're, if they're into that, by all means, tie them <laughs> Listening to random podcasts while being tied down, that, that could totally be a thing yeah. people yeah. are into. That could be a totally... <laughs> yeah. Feel okay. free to do that. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just cut it off. Oh, that's yeah. a perfect ending We're done. point right there. Okay. <laughs> Mad love, everybody. Bye. Bye.